Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Despacito. Quiero respirar tu cuello despacito. Deja que te diga cosas al oído. Para que te perdes si no estás conmigo. Hello and welcome to the Kaching with Jane King podcast, a podcast from parents to parents to help us teach the next generation about money. And today's podcast is brought to you by Wasabi Rabbit. Wasabi Rabbit is a veteran-owned digital marketing agency that provides brand campaign and user experience transformations that accelerate business growth. And with me as always, Kim Mustin, friend, mom, Wall Street executive. Hi, Kim. Hello. You know, we always talk about dollars and cents on this program, but Today's guest talks about a different kind of sense that I really like, common sense. I saw a sign the other day that said, common sense is so rare, it should be a superpower. And I think that that is really important. So I'm really excited to hear what he has to say. I love it. My son, my 10-year-old son's always asking me if I had a superpower, what would it be? Common sense. I'm going to answer him like that. So today our guest is John Stossel. I've been a longtime fan, by the way, John, of you and your work. Uh, He is a libertarian TV journalist uh, currently working with Reason TV and the Fox News Channel. And prior to that, uh, Stossel co-anchored ABC's primetime news magazine show 2020. And there he contributed in-depth special reports on issues like school choice, prosperity, free speech, and economic freedom. Stossel's economic programs have been adapted into teaching kits by a nonprofit organization, Stossel in the Classroom. About 12 million students discuss the videos in class. That's huge. He has received 19 Emmy Awards. I mean, I'm not a journalist, and even I know that's a very big deal, and was honored five times for excellence in consumer reporting by the National Press Club. The Dallas Morning News named him the most consistently thought-provoking TV reporter of our time of our time, folks. I mean, your special guest today. (laughs) And the Orlando Centennial said he has the gift for entertaining while saying something profound. Stossel's a graduate from Princeton University with a BA in psychology. Welcome. Welcome, John. Thank you. It's great to have you here. So I had no idea you had an economic program for um, classrooms. So tell me about that. How does that work? How long has it been in existence? First of all, I just have to say that superpower common sense, wouldn't you want to fly or something? Well, my, my thing was I want to be invisible. Like I just want to like sneak into a room, see what's going on, but common yeah. sense, that's second. Yeah. I, I won those 19 Emmys and the other awards when I was consumer reporting. When I came to media with no journalism training, fortunately, because that helped me, and I reported on cheating businesses, and my colleagues loved that. And, but then I think I got smarter. And I realized that these rules that consumer reporters like me were demanding the government solve this problem 
didn't work, that they just made life more complex, that they weren't good for consumers, that for the most part, the free market solves problems because the way to get really rich in America is to treat your customers well. And government usually gets in the way. When I started reporting that way, my colleagues uh, stopped giving me awards because they don't think that way. And they thought I had become a conservative, which in my business is like being a child molester. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I work in the media, too, so I would agree with that. (laughs) But along the line, 2020, when I fought them hard enough, did allow me to do some stories that showed how markets really solve problems. Uh, The first one that uh, caught this guy's attention who did the Stossel in the Classroom Project was just a simple story saying, what happened when government let go? Natural gas deregulation, airline deregulation, and the Interstate Commerce Commission, something your listeners probably haven't heard of. But government used to regulate every shipment across the country. And that meant trucks taking furniture to California were often came back empty because they weren't allowed to just pick up some carrots. And airline deregulation, people hate the airlines now, but in fact, it wasn't really better then, and it was much more expensive. Flying now is unbelievably cheap. And natural gas prices, uh, Scoop Jackson, uh, Senator said, the prices are going to skyrocket when President Reagan deregulated gas prices. Instead, they went down because competition appeared. They were cut in half. And this totally was not noticed by anyone in the news business. I did this story, and someone else watching said, oh, he's a libertarian. We ought to get these ideas into high schools. So we have, I've done other videos for ABC and then Fox after that, and they now, one's appropriate to teach some economic principles are offered free to teachers, and enough of them use them that millions of kids get to watch. The favorite is probably the one uh, about what makes a country prosperous. We called it Is America Number One, which was a jingoistic, not-so-good title. But it's an important question, given that 7 billion people on Earth, uh, 1 billion have anywhere near our level of comfort, 6 billion live on a buck or no, uh, 2 billion live on a buck or two a day, really suffering. Why? Why is that that we did so well? And I say this to kids, they say, oh, because we have natural resources or America invented democracy. They don't know about the Greeks. Um, But the answer is neither. And you can see the examples in India. Why isn't India prosperous? It has democracy, has natural resources. The kids say, oh, India is overpopulated. But the population density of India is the same as that of New Jersey, and New Jersey does okay. It's not population density. Uh, It's lack of economic freedom. And Hong Kong, which has even more people per square foot, and no natural resources, and no democracy. They had the British rulers and then the communist Chinese. They got rich in 50 years, went from third world to our level of wealth. Why? Because they had rule of law. The British rulers did one good thing, which was to punish people who robbed or killed. But then they did something politicians should do more of. They sat around and did nothing. And free people, left alone, made themselves prosperous. Well, what would our politicians say? What could they promise if, you know, I mean, that's the problem is everybody expects them to solve their problems. Yes. And they don't get elected if they're not out there promising to solve problems. I mean, it's a difficult cycle. 
It's a horrible cycle. And the incentive, because most voters don't really think about how freedom can solve problems, you want to say there ought to be a law. Politician, do something. So when you think about all the, you know, your years of covering government and economics, have you come across any consistent themes that would stand in the way of things like better financial literacy? Because it's pretty, pretty bad in our country. It is. And I I know your program is about how kids should be taught. And I would be reluctant to say that the schools should teach it because the schools do such a clumsy job teaching reading, writing, and arithmetic. On the other hand, comparing some of the obscure stuff I was taught in high school with how to write a check now or how to Venmo some money, whatever it is. And that's another problem. How do you teach the teachers to teach it when everything's changing so quickly? But compound interest, some basic principles, it would be nice if they were taught. I just question whether the government monopoly is competent enough to teach that. You talked about um, conservative and being in the media. I mean, don't you find that the schools also are kind of reluctant to push a free market theory or even to teach it or even acknowledge that it exists and might be a solution? Yes, and I've been trying to figure out why that is. And my best guess is the kind of people who like to sit in windowless rooms and have conferences and preside over others, the ones who ran for student council president when they were in school, These tend to be the central planners who want to run other people's lives, and they gravitate to government. Thomas Jefferson said it's the natural progress of things for government to grow and liberty to yield. And that's what's always happened. Why did Germany and Japan do so well after World War II? Sadly, because we bombed them to smithereens and they had to start over. All their old guilds that were protecting this group of worker We're gone. But does this mean the only way is to bomb everything? (laughs) I I don't know. Maybe Trump will have some success because he's so wild. Uh, It's very hard to fight these trends. Mm -hmm. Where do you think adults go wrong when not teaching children about money? I mean, should we just have a conversation? It seems like sometimes we just don't even talk about it. It's awkward to talk about, but... I always thought the best thing was just to let the kids start paying for things. Yeah. To give the kid money and say, okay, you want it? You have to maybe save up some to get it. It's amazing how well that works, by the way. Yeah, yeah. No, um, we, had a, we had someone on talking about allowance a while back, and I've totally shifted the way that I pay allowance to my kids. And now they have to pay for everything. You want to go to the movies? You want to go to your friend's birthday party. You have to pay for the present, everything. And it's amazing how they go from wanting to give them like a $50 gift to something that you'd be embarrassed for them to take to a birthday party. So we have to balance that as well. But it has been uh, pretty amazing on the psychology of how they think about expenses. And they learn what things cost, and which is a good example of what's so wrong about American medicine because... Nobody knows what anything costs. I'm old enough to be covered by Medicare, and it's horrible and wonderful in that you just go in and the doctor says, yeah, you got to have this test. No one discusses price. I never say, well, what's it going to cost? Because somebody else pays. If we continue on this course, like what do you what do you sort of think about this looks like? I mean, you've recently been out talking uh, about 
the healthcare system, et cetera. So we're all going to live a lot longer than we ever thought that we were going to. And at least for now, this is the healthcare system that we have. It's super expensive. It's the wild card that you don't know. How, like when you think about your, the course of um, financial savings in the country, the spending habits, and then this lack of financial literacy, where do you think this all goes in your, with your crystal ball? I think to a Venezuela-like situation with mass inflation, uh, because I just don't see a mechanism to stop the trends. And Social Security will go broke. It'll take longer. Maybe they'll make an adjustment to keep it going. Medicare can't. People my age rudely refuse to die, and we want all the cool new medical stuff that keeps being invented, so we'll ask for it. The politicians don't want to stiff my age group because we vote by much higher proportion. So I imagine they'll just start, okay, we don't have the money. We better just print some more pieces of paper with dead presidents on them and give them to Stossel and all the other baby boomers. Uh, and then you'll go to the doctor, and uh, you will have to pay for something yourself, and the eye exam will cost $10,000. The dollar won't be worth much, and people who saved will lose the value of their savings. Because the politicians will never have the guts to really say, no, we can't afford this. The only silver lining is that Japan and Europe will go bankrupt first, because their population's even older than ours, and their system is even more screwed up. Maybe we'll learn from that. But how much have we learned from Greece's problems? I thought, oh, yeah, once they see what happens in Greece, they'll wise up. But no. So, I mean, I think the bottom line is that just personal responsibility doesn't seem to be stressed anymore. Um, like the appreciation for work. I was having a conversation with another mom over the weekend, and she was talking about she had a millennial sister and how she just wants to go invent something and become a billionaire. Me um, too. That's, that's my <laughs> Don't dream we too. all? Um, I don't want to even have to invent anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's the next step. Um, but there seems like there's this... Nobody wants to really... I, I overheard a conversation on the subway is two guys saying, I don't want to work at Dwayne Reed. You can't make $100,000 there. And I was like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> of course not. So I think that's kind of the... People just don't seem to take responsibility for themselves and their financial and otherwise behavior. You could say the guy on the subway was taking responsibility. He decided he needed 100000 But doesn't your allowance example teach that? A kid who has his own money to spend, quickly learns to be responsible about it. Yeah, I think one of the things that um, when I think about financial literacy is I, th I think a big group of parents out there um, are relying on somebody else to figure this out, whether it's the government, the schools, someone, um, and they, they know that there's a problem. They're, they may be trying but they're looking for something to augment it. Um, you know, you see this through bankruptcy, you know, with it for adults today and the amount of people who get themselves into credit card debt, et cetera. And I think what um, is, is so relevant about what you were saying is, look, we've had, we have example after example where when government steps in, that makes the problem worse. And so I think really at the heart of this is it starts at home with basic teachings about income and expenses and that income has to outweigh your expenses or at least 
marry them. Otherwise, you know, it's it's your problem to bear. And uh, yeah, so I, I think there and there's no silver bullet on this because every kid's different, every family's different, every economic situation's different. But what um, I think is important to know is, and you said it, is uh, you know, government and schools can aid perhaps, but it's not the silver bullet solution. It always seems like it will be. Children are being abused by their parents. We need a child protective agency. Uh, Insurance companies are careless with patient records. We need HIPAA. What people don't see are all the side effects. HIPAA now is so complex. Everybody's wasting time filling out forms. Nobody reads. And doctors can't email you. You They can't text you. It's a HIPAA violation. So people can't communicate. All these laws mean well, and 90% of them do more harm than good. All your years of covering consumer issues, do you have any kind of headline or a takeaway about one thing we can do to help the next generation? Repeal more laws than we pass. Let people be free. And there should be laws against pollution and stealing other people's stuff. It's the same stuff you learn in kindergarten. Don't take other people's stuff and don't hit them. Um, But that's all government should do. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I think we're heading in the other direction. (laughs) They just keep adding more and more. So thank you so much, John, for joining us today. Always thought-provoking, and we appreciate your time. And a big thanks to co-host Kim Mustin for being with us today, and also producer Rob Schulte. And thanks as well uh, to our sponsor, Wasabi Rabbit. Uh, Wasabi Rabbit is a veteran-owned digital marketing agency that provides brand campaign and user experience transformations that accelerate business growth. And we always love your comments, your questions, keep them coming. You can find us on all the socials under hashtag kids And that's it for now. Catch you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.